the Lord gave the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. I've been instructed by the Lord to revisit this message. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Some of you all will remember this when I say it, but same words, different message. Same message, different words, same thing. In the book of 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter and the 12th verse, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right, together let us read. Fight. Can you read? Can you read? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Well, let's read. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou also art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight. It didn't say roll over and play dead. It said fight. I know some of y'all, bless your heart, you want to be like Jesus. And that's good. And I'm not blaspheming, just hear the whole thing. You got to have some tenacity. You got to have some Holy Ghost boldness. You got you to gotta have some backbone if you're going to fight the good fight of faith. Life is designed in this world to break your back run you off of a cliff and these trials do not come to make you strong they come to stretch you out in the funeral home fight with everything inside of you to keep your feet up underneath you it ain't the size of the dog fight it's the size of the fight that's in the dog if some little dogs can whip some big dogs, it just depends on the fight. Man of War was one of the greatest racehorses that ever ran on the planet. And when it all comes down and when they analyze racehorses and championship horses, it all comes down, whether it's a dog or a horse, it all comes down to strength of heart. You've got to have heart. And Christ dwells in our heart by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. There is a war going on and the battle is raging for the hearts and minds of men. And I know that I'm speaking to some folk today that have almost wanted to throw up both hands. And some of y'all probably have thrown up both hands and just quit. When you look at your children, make y'all just want to quit. Don't pray no more. Don't say another word. Look like the more you pray, the worse they act. 
Some of y'all got situations, I mean, it's just bad. And you look at them children, you say, would you please tell me the truth? Whose child are you? The battle is raging in the hearts of men and the devil is after your faith. So fight the good fight of faith. The reason it's called a good fight is because faith always wins. Let me tell you that again. Faith always wins. It does not matter what it looks like. Does not matter what it sounds like. Abraham was not weak in faith, but strong in faith, giving glory to God. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider his own age. He considered what God said. And if you're going to fight the good fight of faith, I need to tell you, I already know there are some days in your life, no matter how beautifully and bright the sun is shining, it look hazy gray. Oh, yes, Lord. There are times in this world, in this life, and I have experienced myself, you can quote scripture until you fall out and start speaking in another tongue and get up. And if you ain't walking by faith, it looked like the same thing you just fell out over. Faith is a hard matter. It has to be inside of you. And even when you can't see your way, you got to trust God. Trusting God goes beyond trusting your own ability. See, what messes some of God's people up is that they know too much. Intellect can become an enemy to your faith because when you look around you and you see what's going on in the lives of other people and you look around you see what the government is not doing you look around you look at the school system you look around you look at our neighborhoods you look around you look at the divorce rate going up and, and what's driving the divorce rate is that the wrong folk get married and you look around you and you wonder what in the world is going on and is there any need of me trying to raise positive children in a negative world yes there is I say yes there is see because the fight of faith is a good fight because faith always wins and in life you got to remember Jesus said I am come that they might have life and life is not wrapped up in diamond rings and pretty things thank God for diamond ring and pretty things but life is a person Life is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that came that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. The devil will attack your mindset when it comes to prosperity. The devil will attack your mindset when it comes to healing. The devil will attack your mindset when it comes to just everyday living. The devil will attack your mindset when you are striving for promotion in the place you make your money. The devil is always going to show up and scream out in opposition as to what it is that's in your heart that you trust in and believe in God for, the devil is going to show up and try to make you look like a fool and try to make it seem as though you ain't got no sense. You need to be doing something else. You sitting over here trusting God. No, you need to be sitting right there trusting God. Stand up on the word. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith. It all comes down to how strong your heart is. And I need to tell you, life is not designed for the weak hearted. Jesus, before he left here, you know what he said? He said... In the last days, men's heart would fail them for fear of seeing those things that are coming up on the earth. And I'm here to tell you, we need to really pray for our elderly citizens. Because you see, you, you got to understand, I mean, when you think about all of this Medicare, Medicaid stuff, and you think about all this stuff that they got to go on the internet and find, I mean, old folk can go on the internet and find that stuff. I mean, the whole thing is a ripoff. That's why we need to have faith in God in every area. Of our lives because man for the most part is terrible. When man finally got his hands on God, they tried to kill him. 
Man's heart is desperately wicked without God. But in your heart, you must not faint. No matter what you're facing today. You must not throw up both hands and quit. No matter what you're facing today. You must not stop. You must not lose heart. You must not give up. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. He brought you this far. He'll take you further. It's not a person on the sound of my voice that the Lord ever failed. But everybody on the sound of my voice and the voice itself have failed the Lord. Somebody tell the Lord amen. amen. So as we talk about what Paul is telling Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. And, and, and in one uh, portion of this uh, 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 discourse of scripture, and, and I think it's very interesting today because I know I teach prosperity. I live in prosperity. I, I want all of God's people to, to have prosperity because 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So I understand. That's God's word. I didn't make that up. So God wants us to prosper every day of the week. Three, four, seven. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Two, four, seven, three, six, five. Okay. <laughs> so we know that God wants us to prosper, period. And so the devil obviously will attack your finances. Obviously will attack your mind and tell you you can't, you can't afford to tithe. So it's going to always be something in opposition to what God said, just like there's a difference between daylight and darkness. But there's something very interesting right here, and I think that uh, a lot of God's people, certainly in this congregation, need to hear it today. And, and that is that you've got to be able to put money and your material substance in its rightful place. You've, you've got to be able to do that. Because if not, you'll be running behind that dollar. You'll be running behind that TV. You'll be running behind that car. Jesus said, put things in order, seek me first, and I'll give you these things. So you got to rightly divide the word of God no matter what day it is. And no matter how you feel about it, it needs to be rightly divided so that God's people can be strengthened in every area and don't be taking scripture, misplacing them because you got a tood as in Adam. All right, but right here in 1 Timothy 6, and then we're going to move on talking about fight the good fight of faith. If you... Um, look back up in verse 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that, here it is, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. God says, don't run with people that think that they are all that because they got this. Are you listening? Baby, it does not matter. Roll up in your Escalade and your Lexus. Roll up in your Mercedes Benz. And? And? You can't drive it to heaven. Now, obviously, the only reason because there ain't no gas station between here and Wasco. <laughs> so whatever you have, amen, all things been equal, it came from God. 
Don't spend all your time petting your possessions. Don't spend all your time wanting to be accepted because you got a dime above rent money. The higher you get, the more humble you should become. Because we brought nothing into this world and it's certain, it's for sure, that we're not carrying nothing out of here. Nothing. Ain't one thing going out of here with us. So you know what happens after salvation? Stewardship. And what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You will lose your shirt, your family, and everything running behind that dollar bill. Don't do it. Learn how to put prosperity and everything else in its rightful place. And so Paul, he goes on and in verse 12, and we're stepping out from there, he says now, fight the good fight of faith. Back up in verse 11, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. In other words, back up in verse 10, the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Never have I seen so many people trying to impress so many people, getting stuff that they cannot afford, can't pay for it, running all these credit cards, maxing them out just to look good and smell good and can't pay for none of that stuff. The love of money is the root of all evil. Which while, not, not notice this, some coveted after. They have erred from the faith. You cannot spend all your time working overtime at Walmart. All that time that you could be spending in church, bringing your children to church, bringing them up in the, in the, in the nurture and the fear and admonition of the Lord. And, and you just can't do it if dollars and making dollars is your priority. I understand we all need money. But God is not going to give us a, a job, a livelihood that's going to take us away from church forever. It's not going to happen. That's not from God. Why would God give anybody an opportunity to make a whole lot more money and they can't ever come to church? Oh, no. Uh-uh. The word says that some have coveted after, they've gone after, and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There are people that, let me tell you something, there are people that got money, millionaires commit suicide. So it's not money. It's the principles of life. And only Jesus, at the end of the day, can make you happy. Are you listening up in here? Things can't do it. Thank God for things, but things can't do it. Because there's a place inside of everybody's heart that only Jesus can feel. So as we talk about fight the good fight of faith and understand that there's a war going on and that the battle is raging for the hearts of men, we are to fight the good fight of faith. And remember, whenever God lays his word out, the enemy is going to come immediately to try to steal that word. But he cannot steal it if it's laid out with understanding. Are you listening up in here? If it's laid out with understanding, the devil cannot steal that word. So you need to make sure that you don't get robbed up in here today. Tell your neighbor, fight on. All right, now, let's look at, since we are fighting the good fight of faith, we need to understand that there are weapons of, of mass destruction. <laughs> that we must understand that these weapons are in our possession, and they are not in our possession to utilize against one another. They are in our possession, these weapons of mass destruction, to level whatever the enemy comes against us with, we're to turn that firepower loose on him and pray for one another. 
Okay? All right, let's get this party started. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and key in on verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. Our weapons. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now notice this. For though we walk in the flesh, that means it didn't say we walk after the flesh. It says we walk in the flesh, meaning then that while we are in these bodies, there's going to be a war going on. You understand that? Now I'm just about to turn 60 years old and I'm really excited about it. I took a misstep the other day, Brother Taylor, and my knee, my left knee, I have no pain in my body until the other day. Now I refuse that. There ain't no arthritis, there ain't no author or no writers. That, that was a misstep. That was a misstep. And for the first, and you know what the devil been trying to get in my mind? You're getting old, so now you gotta have pain. No. I don't have to have pain. I'm not settling for that. I'm not letting it get in my mind. Because if it get in my mind and I start believing that, one pain plus another equal two pain. Two pain plus four pain equals six pain. Then it start multiplying. So if you, if you stop the devil, you can stop the thought if you can stop the devil. Huh? See, because the war is in your mind. And when you try to explain this to people, one of the first things they'll say is that you don't know how I feel. They are defending their position to be in pain. We all know arthritis exists. We all know that, that, that migraine headaches exist. We all know that. But there are too many young people, younger than I am, because I'm still young, that think old. It's almost like they want to be old and be old and be old. Just sit around and just be old. It's always going to be a contest with your mind. I start exercising that knee and talking to it and laying hands on it. So you can lay hands on yourself and laying hands on it and lay it on yourself no and put some oil on it. And it's already feeling more better. Are you listening? See, it's same thing with your money. You start looking at it, you say, I done paid all these bills, I ain't got nothing. But see, what you need to see is that if you keep paying them, don't add nothing to them, you're going to soon be out of debt. Come on, you got to think beyond the trial. You have to think beyond the situation. You have to think beyond whatever it is that has come against your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now watch this. God never allows any situation to come our way as his children that he has not already prepared us to deal with. What breaks us down is that we get tired of dealing with stuff because it seems like it never stops. That's why he filled you with the Holy Ghost to edify and build up your spirit man. 
Come on, you got everything you need. You have to speak in tongues if you're going to go through all this stuff. I, I just want to help somebody that want to be helped. You cannot always go up there with your dictionary praying in English. He that's speaking in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Build your spirit man up. Your batteries run down when things get on your nerve and you start throwing dishes. You need to speak in other tongues. Come on, we're full gospel church. You, you know that. You know that. You, you know that. You know that. But see, if things get all messed up and turn around in your life and say sin come in, and now you don't feel like you're worthy to pray, the devil got you trapped. And what you got to understand is that God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when you talk about fighting the good fight of faith, you have right standing with God, not because of what you do or do not do. You always got access to his throne no matter what the deal is. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Right standing with God means I don't have to run away from God when I mess up. If anything, I need to run to God. Because I've got access to the Father. My righteousness is not of me. My righteousness is of him. And righteousness is what gives me right standing with God. And that's something you better understand in a hurry. Because if not, if you don't speak to somebody and you're real sensitive, you feel like you can't pray until you get back with them. All that's from the enemy. I say all of that is from the enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a mind thing. Don't you, don't you know that when Jesus was in the, in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, that all this stuff was a mind thing? The devil came to him and said, now, if you're the son of God, you command these stones to be made bread. Show me something. And Jesus said, it is written, for man shall not live by bread alone. Bread alone. Live by bread, but not by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You have to answer the enemy with the word. Woo. Come on up in here. You have to answer the enemy with the word, no matter what the deal is. The enemy will tell you, you're depressed. You, you can't get up out this bed today. You know, you, 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 you just can't make it today. And, and it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You know what's happening to you? You're sitting there being counseled by an ungodly spirit. Oh, y'all now, now wait a minute. You, you missed your opportunity to at least uproot five chairs right there. Let me tell you something. You're not depressed. You think you are. I think myself happy. You think yourself depressed. It's a man thing. When well, ain't no need to be acting all like I'm all happy and I got all these bills. Well, how in the world are you going to break the power of the devil off of that stuff if you don't rejoice? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold to eternal life. Those things are eternal. You're dealing with stuff that's eternal. You're dealing with a spirit that's older than you. You're dealing with an old cooter. You're dealing with an old serpent. You're dealing with an old devil. He's been around here for a long time. Our journey on earth is so short, we look around and we gone. But you have to make up your mind, are you going to live a life of victory? Are you going to live a life of defeat? You have to do it every day. It's a day of Thanksgiving. Anybody in here thankful? Anybody in here love Jesus? Anybody in here glad to know the Lord? Ain't his joy good? Ain't his word good? Ain't God good all together? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, there's a lot of joy, a lot of strength. He even gave you that joy. 
Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. And against such, there ain't no law. You can be as happy as you want to be and don't need no psycho to try to calm you down. You can rejoice all you want to be. And see, we come to church and people get up like this and that and we say, they must have a problem. No, the problem ain't up there. The problem is probably down in them seats down there because you're meditating on your mess up. You have to fight the good fight of faith. You have to fight till you get a breakthrough up in here. You, you have to press your way through. Because all the devil want to do is put a cloud up on you and sit on your praise and sit on your joy and sit on your dreams and sit on your prayers and sit on you. Anybody here know what a breakthrough feels like? Some of y'all ain't smiling and laugh since Hector was a puppy. You better learn how to rejoice evermore. You better learn how to pray without ceasing. You better learn, not, don't be quenching the Holy Ghost. Fight the good fight of faith. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You listen, all that cussing the devil out in the evening. He ain't in the corner, he in your mouth. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You're going to serve up the last piece. In verse 4, the word said, for the weapons of our warfare. Somebody say warfare. Somebody say war. What is it good for? War. Huh. What is it good for absolutely everything? Yes, it is. When David faced Goliath, he had a weapon. He had a rock and he had a slingshot. And guess who died that day? Goliath. David said, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to give your body to the birds. And Goliath ran toward David. And David ran toward Goliath. Now watch this because there's something in here for you. David, when he faced Goliath, did not cogitate on his past Failures. When you face the enemy, the enemy wants you to think about where you last failed. You know what David said? David said, I killed a lion and I killed a bear with my hands. Now, do you call that? Up close combat. David said, I choked the bear. A nine foot tall bear. With natural strength and brute force. David said, I killed him. And the lion, the strongest animal on four paws. David said, I killed him. And when he faced the enemy... He didn't think about where he had a bankruptcy last year. Could I, anybody want to help me with the sermon? 
he didn't, he, he didn't go back where he lost his mama and a child. He thought about the good old days. He thought about, I killed a lion and a bear, Goliath. And he calculated up and guess what he said? You next. And you know what he did? Goliath ran toward David and David ran toward Goliath and Goliath ran toward David and David ran toward Goliath and Goliath had a little bitty man in front of him with a shield and, 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 and Goliath was between 9 foot and 11 foot tall. Baby, it ain't the size. It's in the heart. C come on, come on, come on. Come on. And what David did, David reached in his pouch Pulled out a smooth stone. Why smooth, preacher? Because when you're in warfare, you don't need no hang-ups. Uh, David never lost a stride. He, he, he was running, and at the same time, he let that stone go out of that slingshot. Now, wait just a moment. No, David did not go to a theological seminary. No, David did not know the word from Genesis to Revelation, because Revelation hadn't even been written. But David knew God. Now let me tell those of you something in here that's trying to figure all this Bible out before you pray. You won't pray ever. Because you don't have that long to figure this out. That's why it's a faith journey. Man, listen. The Bible says that Goliath had a helmet on. When David turned that rock loose, Goliath became the first biblical rock star. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? That rock had a supersonic sound behind it. It broke the sound barrier and it went right in that little opening in that helmet and sunk deep in Goliath's forehead. And Goliath, watch this, Goliath was talking more noise than Muhammad Ali used to talk. You're going down in one, I'm going to see you done. I mean, he was talking all that trash talk. But you know what? The Bible says Goliath never got his sword out of his sheath. Well, you know what, know what a sheath is, is whatever. Um, let me take you back to the hood. He never got it out of his cabbage. <laughs> he never got it out of his cabbage. Listen, when that stone hit him, when that stone that Daniel saw hewed out the mountain, when that stone that Moses, that rock that Moses stood on came out that slingshot, it was Jesus that killed. It was Jesus through David that killed the lion. And that rock that followed him was Christ. Goliath fell face first, reaching for his sword and couldn't quite reach it. That rock was talking. Went into his brain. And for the first and last time in Goliath's life, he had, he had, I want to say Christ, he had a rock on his mind. He died. David went, did what Goliath could not do, Pulled his sword, Goliath's sword, out of the scabbage and cut Goliath's head off. Snatched that helmet back and took Goliath's hair in his hand and held Goliath's head up just like this. I've come to declare today that David, because he was a warrior from his youth, had the big head. Could, could you help me, brother preacher?
you are already winners. You're already winners. In the game of life, you're already winners. So you don't fight the good fight of faith to win nothing. You fight the good fight of faith to maintain the victory that Jesus has already won for you. That's what action is. He's already done everything that needs to be done and has given us a sealed and completed victory. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. So you don't fight to win. You fight because the victory has already been won. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not according to human reasoning. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. As we walk in obedience to the word, it will rebuke everything around us. That's how it's done. And, and it's not done by you jamming somebody in a corner, preaching to them, trying to shove Jesus down their throat. Because let's face it, there were times in my life, I ain't want to hear nothing about Jesus. I'm just being straight up with you. I ain't want to hear nothing about Jesus. I'm just getting in all night. I'm, you want to go to church? Fine. That's your thing. Gone. I wasn't going. And I had that flipping attitude. And, and you know what? I felt like I was justified because I didn't want to go to church. But the day came in my life when all the walls caved in and everything went real crazy. And then guess what? I remembered my grandmama a long time ago telling me something about Jesus. And I came because he found me. It's not too late for anybody in here to give your heart to Christ. It's not too late. Don't kill yourself. Don't, don't overdose on pills. Don't throw up your hands. It ain't that bad. I say it's not that bad. It is not that bad. I've come back from the dead to tell you it's not that bad. It's a mind thing. And so, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. You got to have faith inside. And I tell you something else. You've got to have some gospel dialogue. You got to know what to tell the devil when he shows up. You got to declare not only kingdom, but dominion. You, you got you to be able to tell him, first of all, you don't belong here. You don't belong in my body. You don't belong in my mind. You don't belong in my life. You don't belong here. So you're going to have to leave. You're going to have to take your hands off of everything that belonged to me, starting with my children. I, listen, I'm not suggesting nothing to you, devil. I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus Christ. I thought about, see, when you command the devil in the name of Jesus Christ, what happens is that all authority in heaven and earth comes behind what you just said. Now think about that. Comes behind what you just said. And whatever you said, Jesus said, you're going to have whatever you say. So the devil ain't trying to do nothing but break you down on the inside, make you fall all out, quit, don't pray, don't read the scripture, don't confess, don't do nothing but sit there and die. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I know there's a such thing as public embarrassment. 
And I shared with some of my members that went there. I remember they had me on TV behind this paradigm thing. Had my image on TV preaching. Ain't had nothing to do with me. So I know about, you know, people trying to taint your name in the public. Don't give a heck. Because there's one thing about it. Them same folk that report other folks' business oftentimes end up with folk reporting their business. Nobody is above the media. You, you got to understand something here. The devil will take your brain and fry it if you let him. I know some of y'all children have been a public disappointment to you because folk know you and they know your children. And I must admit, everybody ain't for you. You understand that? But everybody's not against you. But let me, let me, let me see if I can console somebody here. You ain't your child. And if your child is living a life that's bringing shame on the family, the only thing you can do is pray for the child, love the child, and, and stand on the word that God will deliver your seed. Come on up in here. See, because what the devil wants you to do, I'm going to tell you what he wants you to do. He wants you to slither on off the stage of life and never be seen or heard from again. Listen, rage against the night. Raise hell and stand up. Declare the word of God over your situation. Call those things which be not as though they were. Speak the word of God in the midst of the trial. Declare victory when it looked like defeat. Shout hallelujah somebody. When it looked like everything around you is going down, you stand up. And if you stand up, God will stand up in you. And if God stand up in you, he'll bring somebody to stand alongside you. No matter what it looks like, you got the victory. Paul said, the Lord stood by me this night and strengthened me. That the word might be declared out of my mouth. Paul said, I ain't giving up. I'm not quitting. I ain't turning my back and I ain't running. I've been in the deep. I've been in peril among false brothers. I've been lied on. I've been put in jail. I've been talked about. I've been called a devil. I've been called everything. But he said this, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to keep on going because I belong to God. I belong to God. I belong to him. I am his purchased possession. You don't have to like me. But you can't stop me. You don't have to call my name. But my name is already wrote down. You don't even have to speak to me. I just got through speaking to God. Fight. Reach way down. And start talking like you own everything. You start acting like you the happiest person that ever walked on the planet. See, the devil gonna have folk to show up and say, why are you so happy? You say your mama. I don't mean that. You say because the Lord is good. I, I forgot where I was. That, I'm telling that hood just jumped out there. <laughs> you see that hood just jump out and take over? Why are you 
so happy? Why you want so much? Why you think you all that? Because the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, the silver, the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills, redemption, righteousness, peace, sanctification, grace, mercy, and truth all belong to my daddy. And what he owns, I own. I got a right to be happy. I'm going to heaven. I ain't going to hell. I'm happy. Every need is met in my life. I'm happy. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm happy. It's a mind thing. They'll come folk that want you to word. That's all they're going to come to your house for. They want you to word. Well, all they're going to come to your house for. They want you to word. See, they're on a mission. When they ring the doorbell or knock on the door, depending on what part of town you live in and how much prosperity you have, if they're knocking on the door, you ain't where you need to be. But see, the devil sent for Bob. Lord help us. Don't let somebody die in the family. And you at peace and you know your loved one loved Jesus and they on with the Lord and, and you got all that straight. Here come, here come hell. Woo! Woo! And you wonder, what's wrong? We're going to miss him. Say, so, baby, we'll see, we'll see him again. Then hell will go out and you know what I say? She ain't killing nothing about him. <laughs> she ain't killing nothing about him. Oh, that with a yellow dress on. <laughs> People are trip. If you do good, they hate on you. If you ain't doing good, they dump you because they think you're going to ask them for something. But you got to fight the good fight of faith. No matter what it looks like, you got to see yourself as victorious. No matter what it looks like, you got to see yourself as the head and not the tail. Let me tell you, into each life, some rain must fall. But you know why the rain is falling? Not to bring a flood. Because even Jesus talked about a man that built a house on sand and a man that built a house on the rock. And you remember the man that built his house on sand, the wind came, the rain came, the flood came and beat upon that house. And the one that built it on sand, the Bible says, and great was the fall of that house. But now watch this. Jesus said a man built his house on a rock. And the wind came, and the rain came, and the flood came, and beat up against that house, and it fell not. So you know what that tells me? It depends on where you're building your life. And those that put their trust in God shall never be made ashamed. So you got trouble. And, see, let me tell you something. Some trouble is a little bit more trouble than the other guy's trouble. But it does not mean that before the other guy leaves here, that the other guy won't have as much trouble as the trouble that the Lord brought you out of the trouble you were in. I remember back in the day, they had a man's cologne called Trouble. I used to wear that cologne. I used to wonder why so much trouble was happening to me. I don't wear that cologne no more. <laughs> you wearing trouble. Getting up in the morning, putting on trouble. But the good fight of faith makes you feel good because once you have made your confession of faith, and once you stand on God's word, you no longer look at what it looks like. You see what it is. And you see life through the eyes of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Nobody has ever gone through the kind of trial that Jesus went through. 
But you know what's so blessed about Jesus? Everything he went through was for us. He did not go through anything for himself. The things you're going through, it's really not for you. Even though you may have caused it or whatever to happen, it's really for someone else. What's the redeeming value of a trial when you can stand up and testify, he brought me out? Come on now. Come on. He, he, he brought me out. That's a redeeming grace. But you see, let me tell you something. When, when the church was sued back last year, it took a year out of my life. Depositions, lawyers, all this other stuff. One year. And it was very excruciating. It was painful. It, was, it, it got on my nerves. It, it wrecked my day. It's almost like I was in a maze. I was in a daze. I was in a haze. I was going through the fog of war. But when it was over, what a relief. See, when you're going through something, let me tell you something. A trial hedges uh, one end on all sides and take your life from you until the breakthrough comes. And what happens in the process is in your patience possess your soul. The worst thing in the world that could have ever happened to Houdini, which was one of the greatest escape artists according to some folk that, that the world has ever seen. They would lock Houdini, chain his body up, neck, legs, hands, the whole nine yards, and wrap him in chains. Put him in a trunk. Chain the trunk up and lock it and drop it down in the ocean. Houdini would get out of all those chains, all those locks, and resurface to the top of the water. And he did that time and time and time again. And somebody said, well, Mr. Houdini, what, how is it that you were able to escape out of all these chains and locks and get out of that trunk underneath all that water and continue to do that continuously? Mr. Houdini said, because I believed I could. Let me tell you something. When you're under that much water, and you got them in the chains on you? Baby, you can't afford to be doubting the word. And that's why I keep telling y'all, y'all did little homemade Bible studies, it's okay if it's going to go and line up with the truth you receive in here. If you got something contrary, you're being wounded, and you're, you're, you're being messed up in the head. Because you can't be eating from everybody's table. If you don't believe this word is able to deliver you, you will live a defeated life. And no matter how many times you come to church, things are not going to change with you. You know why? Because you don't believe it. Baby, you cannot escape the edge of the sword if you don't believe it. You cannot have Goliath's head in your hand if you don't believe it. Take your bare hands in faith and kill the lion and the bear. If you don't believe it, you cannot emerge successfully after three bankruptcies and four divorces and still get on top before you leave here and live a quality life if you don't believe it. It all comes down to faith. 
I've seen people walking in this city. I, I, I've seen them walking for years, and all of a sudden, they pull up to me next in the red light, bum, bum, and I say, man, wow, this guy got a car. You know, it wasn't necessarily, you know, whatever, but he wasn't walking no more. You got to have faith in God, no matter what it looks like. Now, a few more things, and I'm through. When we talk about fighting the good fight of faith, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. <clears throat> your confession is what's going to bring you your possession. When you're going through a trial, watch your mouth. When your faith is on trial, watch your mouth. Just like positive confession will bring positive results, negative confession will bring negative results. Watch your mouth. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. In Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and keying in on verse 10. I'm talking about fight the good fight of faith, and I'm looking at our weapons. All right, in Ephesians 6, and if you look at verse 10, Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do you know what it means to be strong in the Lord? It means to be strong in the word. You know what it means to be weak in the Lord? Is to be weak in the word. And Abraham was not weak in faith. But strong in faith giving glory to God. He was not weak in faith because he did not even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb or his own circumstances. He was strong in faith because he didn't consider that as a problem. And when you learn that when things come upon your life, when you learn to give them to the Lord, then, 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 then you can walk on in faith. If you give your trial your pajamas, they'll live on the remote. Things are not always the way that they seem. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The strategies, the methods of the devil. Is to obviously look up here. His main strategy is to discourage you from going forth. And if he can stop you, he'll try to kill you. The devil had a rummage sale. It was on a Saturday afternoon. It was out on a well-manicured lawn. And he had all kind of stuff for sale. He had some hearts over there, some heads, everything for sale. But there was one object he had on the table all the way in the back. And he had a not for sale sign on it. It was a beat up old piece of ugly, brutish looking metal. It had a not for sale sign on it. So somebody went to the devil and said, excuse me, what is that back there and why is it not for sale? The devil said, oh no, I can't sell that. I never, I never depart with that. And so they say, well, he said, why? He said, because that's my most powerful weapon. I use that against Christians. And so the man kept inquiring. He said, well, what is it? It's all beat up and ugly and it's got all, all dinged up. What is that? He says, it's discouragement. If I can't get a Christian no other way, I can beat him down with unbelief. Too many God's folk taking too many beatings. 
I got some words to back all it up in just a minute. <clears throat> Let me give you this, and then we're going to move on. And probably I didn't get finished, but praise God we got this evening. In verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So, so you see, it ain't your uncle and ain't <laughs> It ain't your cousin. It's, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're not wrestling against people. We're dealing with demons. And demons will come and lie to you. And you know what? They will tell you exactly what you want to hear. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now listen verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You come just like Goliath came against David. Uh, uh, David came against Goliath. And Goliath came against David. David said to Goliath, you coming against me with sword and stave and spear and whatever. But Goliath, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You tell the devil, I'm coming against you. And I'm coming against you in the name that defeated you, that went through hell and took the keys. I'm coming against you in the name that's blood bought, blood washed, and victorious. Devil, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Warfare is not good looking. It's noisy. Blood is flying all over the place. Folk are falling dead. Bombs are going off. People are losing heads and arms. One of the most decorated soldiers in World War II, if my history is correct, was Artie Murphy. Artie Murphy was one of the most decorated. He went on to become a movie star in Hollywood. When you're facing the enemy, you have to face him down. And you have to be ready to understand that this is warfare. And I must not be faint of heart. Because when you're going for the gusto and going for the gold, and maintain the victory, having done all to stand and still stand, you're going to lose a lot of so-called friends. Let me tell you that along the way. You're going to lose a lot of, I'm telling you, you're going to lose a lot of so-called friends along the way. But you know what's happening right there so you can have peace and consolation? God is getting the garbage out of your life. Let me tell you something. People that run out on you in time of need, you don't need them when things get better. See, because if people are not going to stand with you in the hard times, you don't need them with you in the good times. So you just going to separate yourself from them and go on about your business. But see, some of us want to hold on to people, you know, irrespective or irregardless of the damage done to us. You just, just have to let them go and God will fill that space with something else. Is this helping anybody? Okay, now, one last scripture. Well, I've got two more and i got time to do it. Less than six minutes. Um, there are enemies <clears throat> to our faith. A lack of knowledge is one of them. A lack of faith is the biggest enemy. Go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. 
Is anybody getting anything out of this? I know the Lord changed, changed the order of things because I was, man, I was, listen, hey, I'm still on righteousness. This is just a tweak in the middle of the battle. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore was I grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, listen to this, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, you see, it's very important for us to exhort one another, encourage one another every time we see one another. Because you don't know what people are going through. You should dismiss yourself from gossip. Dismiss yourself from messy people. Dismiss yourself from he say, she say. And exhort one another daily. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of Christians come to church that don't want to be at church. Because of church people. And the stuff that church people have said about them. And the stuff that church people have done to them. You don't know what people are going through. So exhort one another how often? Daily. Tell somebody in the heartbeat, I'm praying for you. I don't need to know your business, I'm praying for you. You my brother, you my sister, I'm praying for you. See, the devil comes to divide. And if he can drop a bad seed in your mind about your brother or sister, he can separate you. Don't let him do it. Because at the end of the day, no matter what a brother or sister does... Uh, uh, do whatever they do you still got to pray for them and love them that's the way God is God ain't into a lot of stuff that a lot of us are into he sure ain't into lying and gospel verse 14 for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end while it is said today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation in other words Israel provoked God and what a place to provoke him in the wilderness. And <laughs> you're gonna make him mad and you in the wilderness. Verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That's why a lot of people right now ain't happy. They don't believe. That's why a lot of people don't have substance in their house because they don't believe. So who was God grieved with in 40 years? Those that did not believe. How could they not believe in every day he sent manna down from heaven? They eating the bread and didn't believe. Now the question is, will I do his will and There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus.
The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.